Hey everybody, it's Thursday and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast starring me, your host, Ojik. And me, your host, Whoa, Riff. And I'm your final host, Jeff Stuff. Nice. Final host ever? Yes. Yeah, that's like that's like you're the announcer at the Haunted Mansion. Yep. <laughs> it's like Final Destination, but with um, broadcasting. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. We're Pretty in a good. weird configuration. Me yeah. and Riff are in the studio in Mesa, and Hot Stuff is in the studio in San Francisco. Indeed. New York City. Yes, Get San a- Francisco, New York. Get a vest. <laughs> a vest? Yeah, I don't know. If it comes from San Francisco, you got to get a vest. Oh. If he's from New York City, you got to get a rope. Okay. But it's, if he's from San Francisco, get him a vest. He's probably not wearing as much leather as he would like to be wearing. Get a vest? And, and, if, and it's Portland, you have to put a bird on it? Sure. Is that and something that they is, did in the commercials? That you had, you'd have to get a vest? Or is, are you just referring to like a... I am like just a, make. I am just saying words entirely <laughs> at random. Okay. It's not anything. Guys, yeah. yeah, Kingdom of Loathing, yeah. yeah. Fucking nothing is happening because we're too busy doing other shit. Yeah. Well, I you mean, say that, oh. and we just released an item of the month that was met with universal meh. And, uh, and wait, was ha- it really met with universal meh? It's people are sort of very blah about it, which you know. Some people are coming to its defense, saying like, "Hey, they can't all be crazy powerful," and some people are like, "This is dumb. Why?" why even ever is this and some people are like uh i like mad science and some other people are uh not participating because they don't even log into the forums you know what what chatter i heard about it was was more in terms of like this is this is good but the other thing that i have to put in that workshop is also really good Yes. So they couldn't really decide if they wanted it or not. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing it's it. This this illustrates the age old question of is a thing that is boring and good better than a thing that is not boring and good? Hmm. Well, it uh, depends on how good and what your what your good goodness criteria are, right? Like this this thing does not particularly help people. Uh, at all. speed up their their video games mm-hmm. um, like so. a like say like a Thunderbird card or something like, like, or, like a, or, or like a game genie where yeah, you alter yeah. the clock speed of the yeah, NES yep so you know if if people continue to be nonplussed because that means every possible thing um, for <laughs> for another week or two then maybe we can we can spiff it up yeah there were some there were some ideas floated there were some last minute panics i'm sorry i last minute panicked and sank your idea it's cool it's cool it's not cool your feelings are hurt and you're sad and we need to talk it out (laughs) (laughs) we can just hug it out when i get to arizona that's true next week you'll be here we'll all be in the same room yeah. This room with all of the towels thumbtacked to the walls. <laughs> it doesn't seem weird when you're here all the time, but then you get here after being gone for a few months and it's like, man, what the fuck were we thinking, this room? Oh, it's great. It's like being in a grown-up-sized couch fort. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I mean, it really a house is like a grown up size and grown up styled couch for it. This well, is just like if all taking a grown up soft. dwelling and nailing a bunch of towels to the wall. <laughs> yeah, okay, walls are soft, but they're not like padded wall soft. They're not like yeah, a, it's not like an like asylum slam cell. into them. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't. You could. You could hurt yourself in here. Well, yeah. this I mean, is this, a, this room is not protecting you from anybody. In a couch fort, you if you slammed into the walls, you would knock the whole thing down. So that that also doesn't oh, work. Okay. Okay. Uh. Yeah, we had I when I was growing up I had a great like sectional couch with with these like I want to say 4 by 4 maybe 3 by 3 uh cushions and just a ton of them like like 16 cushions that I could like construct various like hmm Multi. Various rich kid forts, yep. a couch, ma- a cushion mansion, yep, befitting of your state, us, yes. befitting of your stature, yep, befitting of your station. Station, station is the word I was station. looking for. Okay, yeah, I grew up out in the woods. It was great. So I, you, you just did. had a you had a sectional couch just out in the woods. Yeah, you had a well, giant a tree house. Couch. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Did you have a tree house growing up? Uh, sort of. Yeah, my dad built built one for me when i was you know eight or ten or something but it was actually just a golf dungeon (laughs) (laughs) golf dungeon no that's a good idea golf dungeon seems like a pretty good video game yeah have you seen have you seen wizard golf it's like a game that's in development with like Mm -hmm. a wizard who has to get through a dungeon by playing golf oh that's what i wanted to make just then it's pretty good good I mean, I've only ever seen screenshots, but you can put a shield on your golf ball and then it uh, doesn't get bounced off of a goblin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can put a sword on it and it doesn't get bounced off a goblin. You could, you could put cast levitate on it so it doesn't sink in the water trap. You could cast telekinesis on it so that you'd get a hole in one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, we had, so we had like five acres of, of like... Mostly, mostly pasture land, I guess. Yeah, but that was just for the servants. Well, I'm right. talking about your real estate. <laughs> your real estate. Your, your uh, actual estate. Yeah. Uh, your actual real estate. And we were we were near Colorado Springs, uh, but but in the woods part of it, uh, in Black Forest, and there was a creek which ran through the back of our property, and this like sort of, um, like little sand cliff like i don't know 30 30 or 40 feet that rose out of the out of the other side of the did you climb it did you scamper up it i did a lot actually were there Um, caves in it no no caves it was i mean it was very soft like it was it was like dirt and not rock yeah that seems like the right place for a cave real soft places it's easy to make a cave there (laughs) just make your own yeah like a bear could dig a cave yeah i spent a lot of time trying to make like a a dam in the river and that just never worked out because you're not a beaver yeah that's part of it um Did, wouldn't that have maybe um like ruined the countryside well i mean a, a large one would have sure but i was just trying to like make a little sort of swimming hole and that just didn't work out i didn't have the excavation ma- machinery ne- necessary to make it uh Wait, excavating isn't how you make a dam. Well, earth moving, right? Oh, okay. I see. You excavate like the part of the bank and turn it into part of the dam. Yes. Yeah. I always imagine, you know, you just like, 
Okay, here's the thing. What the fuck does a beaver do with a dam? <laughs> they live in it. That, but beavers are land they, animals. But they but they live they like they like create these dams that then like create these artificial lakes and they have they like swim their entrances to their homes are under the water. So they're because they are mammals but they also swim in the water, then they can like build these homes which are dry, but like no predators are going to get to them basically at all. Right. What do they, what do beavers eat? Uh, other beavers, <laughs> trees. <sighs> okay. Cartoon trees, fish. Is there, I think, is there, I don't, I don't know. Actually. Is there anyone else on this podcast that I can ask? <laughs> what do beavers eat? Uh, all of our naturalist listeners are just screaming into their <laughs> devices right now. No, like Mr. Natural, like that guy who yeah. just wears a beard to cover his yes. dick. Mr. Mm. B Natural. Yes. The beaver beard. Beaver beard. Yeah. If you look at the um if you look at the R Crumb alphabet book, B for beard. <laughs> oh, B for beard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, guys. Yeah. Uh, do we have any KOL stuff to talk about that isn't uh secret? That isn't secret or yeah, isn't isn't questions from question asking listener mans. We are uh, video we, game players. We had a lulzy April Fools. Oh yeah. We did. That'll come up in the questions though. Okay. Um well, I mean, so talk a little bit, hot stuff, about this item of the month. Like what this was your you this was your idea, so you're the one sure. to blame. Yeah. Um, I put out the call for new item of the month ideas, and I only read one of them, and I said, this is the one we're doing. Throw the others away. <laughs> yeah, like we throw anything away. Uh, I was like, well, let's come, up with a, let's come up with a work shed item of the month, and how about a crazy mad scientist laboratory? And my very vague idea was you go out and you collect DNA or something from creatures I, I didn't originally break it down by phyla because i thought well 20 is a lot so maybe it'll just be maybe there'll be some other different categories of something and i wasn't sure that it was going to give effects or what it, like I, I didn't you know design the whole thing to to start i just sort of came up with the the, the theme of something yeah this um, one actually started with the narrative which is yeah you know that's i guess that's sometimes a thing for items of the month well and i mean in this case i think it it led to something that has a bunch of flavor, but is also kind of fiddly, right? Which is not ideal. You know, like it is, it is difficult to satisfy all of the different things that we would like an item to be right. Like in an ideal world, it would have a bunch of flavor and feel really fun and awesome and be funny, but also wouldn't require a lot of maintenance. So like, I mean, I think the idea is that the, intrinsic effects are supposed to be that thing where you just set it and you can just leave it alone. Most people could yeah. just set it and just leave it alone. Um, but what I, what I wish, and this is the thing is I don't, I don't want this. Well, here's what I want. I want the potions to only be usable by people who are not optimizers. <laughs> right i want the potions to be like a friendly sharing between buddies economic aspect of this okay right and a way for you to get 
two of the effects at once or whatever, if you really want to. But I don't want it to be a thing that you have to toggle back and forth between one of three different things. Like, I really hoped that the intrinsic aspect of it would just be like, a, you put this on and then you don't do anything else for the rest of your run, right? right. You don't have to go back to the work shed again. But because you can get the other potions, I mean, and I would almost be okay, like, if it was... I think the fact that this is not particularly run relevant in its current form gives... Yeah, it, it, it illustrates a frustrating principle about the state of the metagame right now, which is that the core mechanics that make up the moment-to-moment play of KOL have no effect on the metagame. Well, no, so there's there's two things, though, like... That's not entirely true. People would be excited about some of the more powerful effects, but they are difficult to acquire and run without other tricks or resources, right? Like you have to, in order to get the the best buffs, you have to either fax or you have to go to really out of the way places or use obscure stuff like the, you know, the astral mushrooms or something, right? Like... Yeah, what? So there's th- this will also come up in the questions. Eh, so we'll just deal with that when we read it. Okay. Um, I kind of want to. Um, ah, man. Why are barrel mimics weird and not constructs? Uh, I don't know. You did most of the categorization. That's true. I'm I'm asking myself. The net hack mimic is weird. Is that why? Oh, is it? Yeah. Yep. Are the barrel mimics weird? Yes. Yes. Huh. Okay. Well, hell, I don't know. The barrel mimics came after. Did they? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we didn't always have barrel mimics. I could have sworn the barrel full of barrels was before the NetHack dungeon. Well, yeah, but I think it was. The the mimics came. Oh, the mimics came on some barrel revamp. Yeah. Okay. Because there were there were barrels full of booze, and then there were exploding barrels. That is another thing that uh, is in desperate need of a re 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 ramp re ramp. You know, that's actually a way that you could solve the fiddliness of this thing. Is like have the barrel full of barrels be a place that you could just always fight a weird monster. <laughs> well, you could find fight one of several different kinds of monster, and maybe there's some trick to like getting an X-ray ver- version of what's inside the barrels or something an x-rated version of what's inside the barrel mm-hmm. so like a moxie weed with boobs yes the <laughs> can of beer with a dick in it <laughs> like, trying to take it back to the brewery to get a to get a refund <laughs> hmm uh yeah that's an x-rated version of that that wouldn't help so much with the sneak with sneaky Pete or other runs where you don't get the guild though apparently. Oh right, because you don't get to you don't get the barrel full of barrels without. And that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. The that was surprising to me because I could swear that recently when you had us go through the tutorial as different classes, I could swear that I saw the the barrels at the same time I saw everything else appear in the mountains after no. you finished the toot. But hmm. yeah, I guess I'm just misremembering that. You're thinking of the PvP Coliseum. Yeah. And like the Altar of Literacy and the Dungeoneers Guild. It's an association, geez. Uh right. 
guild. Did I say guild? I you meant did. association. Is a guild not an association? Yes, but an association is not a guild. Yes. Guild is a subset of association. They're both a subset of group. <laughs> and a group okay. is a subset of uh, set theory. <laughs> amalgam. <laughs> uh, well, I'm spinning my wheels here. You want to so, get to some questions? Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we just go to the questions? Uh, well, A, because I don't have them in front of me. Every time, every time I go to read the podcast questions, I click on uh, Word Realms Utilities. Huh. Shit. Uh, let's see. You all right? Yeah. Did you drop a beer? I dropped my phone. Alpha Cat Feliday writes, I always want to read that as Felicidae. But it's not. What it's about Felidae? Felicia Day. Yep. You guys just blew my mind a little. When I heard Jake say that the tutorial was unstuck in time, I thought, wait, but isn't the king unstuck too then? You get that letter from him at the start of the ascension. Then I started a new ascension, read the letter, and realized that it's not a jokey here we go again type thing, but the tutorial giving you a letter sent to you in your last ascension. It might seem kind of obvious, but it's still neat after a year of total playtime and a bunch of ascensions to get a new perspective on something. See, and you guys said I was just making that up. I didn't say you were making it up. I didn't, I didn't say that. So questions. What about Hanks? If the tutorial can send you mail from a previous yeah. lifetime, assuming that I'm correct, is he putting your stuff away for you too? Do the people out in Valhalla do it? I'm, I'm assuming they're unstuck, otherwise outside the normal flow of time since they reincarnate you. Does Hank realize that your stuff was always there but wasn't always there yesterday? <laughs> Um, what about the player? Is reincarnation different from unstuckness? He keeps repeating events, but seems confused by the letter each time he gets it, since he's only just arrived and hasn't rescued the king yet. Does he not remember what happened in the last ascension, does, save for your permanent skills? Does he mean the character, not the player? Yeah, I mean, the player knows, but I don't, I don't know that the character does. So, the very first ascension you have, it's just, uh, Hanks is just a construction site. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird in this, this this like version of time that you just made up on the fly. <laughs> I didn't make it up on the fly. It's really it's it is a thing that I think of as being true huh. and didn't I didn't like I didn't just invent that. Like the idea the thing that spawned this was my idea of making the island into a thing that like basically when we were doing the brainstorming for island revamp stuff, I got to where I really liked the idea of the island being big to begin with and it being the ruins of a university, which is why there's a frat house mm. there. Mm. And the university was just just destroyed by the constant cycle of wars that just kept happening over and over and over again. And so you'll get there and it'll be like, oh, this was the Coliseum. I don't know how to tie in a lot of the other stuff because, like, universities don't tend to have lighthouses and junkyards <laughs> and farms. Sure, they do. They're just—it's just a land-grant university, so it's and got all of those things. Convents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have a convent. That's the Department of Theology. Yeah. <laughs> Department of Nuns. <laughs> yeah. This is the Catholic part of the university, the Catholic wing. <laughs> Um, anyway, thanks for a great game, and thanks for giving me something to think way too much about. Yeah. Uh, Starwood says, this is weird. Shen will send you after one of six snakes. Why are two of them sleaze aligned? I answered that on the Monday show. You should listen to that. Demolidi says, I miss bananas a whole bunch. Can you let anything slip? <laughs> oh. Uh, can't you make new bananas in Frontalot's map? Uh, you can remember. copy a banana if you have one, I think. But can't you copy it? And Yeah, you can make new bananas. Yeah. Copying is making but there new are things. a finite number of frontal lot maps. 
Are there more or fewer frontal lot maps than bananas? You can use it over and over again, though. Can you? Yes. Are you laughing at the way that I said bananas? <laughs> no, uh, I'm a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I was more laughing about the... Every now and then, the way this game is causes one of us to say a sentence that's kind of amazing <laughs> out of context. I always enjoy that. Do you write them down? No. For, for eventual publication? I, I probably should, yes. As on my, uh, my one-a-day calendar of <laughs> things people say about Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, Hexatomb says, any chance of some between two ferns love in KOL? I mean, I could imagine a single sentence s describing something as being between two ferns or whatever, but it's not like, oh, here's a zone where Zach Galifianakis is the boss and you can fight Obama. Uh, I have and no idea what this is even referring to. Uh, you've, well, never you've never seen, seen any a... of the between two ferns? Uh -uh. That's oh, pretty riff. good. It's a series of funny or die videos. Yeah. Okay, where Zach Galifianakis interviews people. This and the like, shtick is that he's super awkward. So like that Chris Farley sketch? Kind of, except he's also an asshole. Okay. He's not like enthusiastic. Uh, the Ben Stiller one is probably the best thing that <laughs> has ever been. In fact, between shows, I'm going to make you watch the Ben Stiller Between okay. Two Ferns because it just perfectly illustrates everything about Between Two Ferns. The, the Obama one was pretty good. It was, but it was like... That was pretty clearly like, oh, fuck, we have Obama on here. So that was about Obama rather than being about the gag hmm. of the show, you know? Okay. You know, it's like a very special episode of The Simpsons where, <laughs> oh, this is about the fact that we got R.E.M. to agree mm -hmm. to be on an episode of The Simpsons as opposed to being about making the best Simpsons we could. Hexatomb says, why iframes instead of Ajax calls? When's the KOL visual update? My UX senses tingle every time I log in. The problem is... We have a community of almost exclusively expert users who will burn down our office if we improve the interface. You think? Objectively, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We like frames, right? Like, Yeah, well, they're, they're not iframes. They're just fucking frame-ass frames. <laughs> frame set. So basically... To, to accomplish the same thing that frames accomplish, we would have to make a complicated and shitty and not universally browser compatible and difficult to maintain replacement for frames that would do the exact same thing that frames do. And fuck that. Plenty of stuff in the game happens via Ajax calls. Like when you use an item from inventory, it does an Ajax call. When you use an item from chat, does like there's there's a lot of support for that where it makes sense in terms of like responsiveness and you know not repeatedly making database calls for no reason but seriously every time we replace a ui with a sort of a well-designed and simple ui we get yelled at about all of the esoteric features and muscle memory completion stuff that has been removed and it's this, we just end up having to either, like, put the old one back as an option or, like, yeah, I don't know. People complained for years about the mall management interface. And they were like, all right, let's pretend that we were making this today. How would we do it? Oh, we would make a good one. And then we made a good one. And everybody was like, this fucking sucks because it doesn't have this one feature that the old one had. And it's like, okay, well, I guess 
I'm just going to flip this table and go home. <laughs> I don't know. What's 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 your take on it? Hot stuff. What would you do to the interface if you were interface Jesus? I don't know. I mean, I would probably I probably would get rid of frames and just make it look more modern, you know. But that that would require a bunch of water to wine transmogrification, which I'm I'm not actually interface Jesus. So right? Like So what of- is the so what is the what does game.php look like if it doesn't have frames? It would probably look similar, but you maybe you could like drag the elements around and resize them at your whim. There would just be like an action bar that could go somewhere and a chat thing and they would all just be elements that were freely pinnable to a to a central space maybe hmm. you know and you could just a bunch of customizable options and maybe you could break them out into separate windows or pin them to your actual desktop on your computer <laughs> or your wall i mean because hell if i'm interface jesus i can do whatever the fuck i want <laughs> yeah so you could send one of them back in time to tell the romans the secret of <laughs> nuclear weapons <laughs> sure is that is that something Jesus did? Yeah. That's what he wanted the Romans to be stronger, you know. That's why he bestowed that's, them that's with ironic. his religion. Yeah, I mean he really turned the other cheek. Weka says, very nice April once. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, Hexatomb says, when are we gonna get a clan foosball table and volleyball court? I think the next thing is a swimming pool table. Right. The whole Genesis of this was a long, long time ago, just selling item of the month rumpus room furniture that was a swimming pool, a pool table, and a swimming pool table. Yeah. Um, this is basically like polo, It's except it's polo. <laughs> oh, man. The other day, remember when I was making that joke about trying to get you to like something that was golf by just referring to it as single pocket gravity billiards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, Hot Stuff hates golf. We talked about uh, we've talked about like a table tennis set, right? Because then it would be a swimming pool table tennis. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Court. Yep. Uh, recorder. Mm. Concert. Piano. Wire. <laughs> tap. <laughs> dance. <laughs> Studio, studio, fuck, uh, dance, uh, uh, mm. studio fifty four. Yeah, that it, we lost it. Yeah, we lost it. Uh, Kev Joe says, "Why can't Australia mode be a permanent addition to the game?" Yeah, we actually talked about that. Is it not um, in the? Is it not in the options? No, button? it's not because it's one of the options that's on by default. Uh, it wasn't super easy to to <laughs> add. Also, just like here, like, like here's a button that just lets you break all of these images. I guess I could just say like. Australia mode, and then in parentheses, funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Whack writes, man, you missed some great opportunities with the gene tonics. Gene tonic unzipped. I don't get that one at all. It's like pair of jeans? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I don't know. 
uh, gin tonic on the rocks. Yeah. So what I, my directive to Scully in writing the descriptions for the tonics was try not to do what I would do, which is to make every single one of these either a gin and tonic or a gin shallot joke. <laughs> um, gin shallot made of onions. Yeah. They're, well, they're like onions. I mean, it's the, the plant, but the plant gene tonic has the, the joke in it. About gene shallots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, and then gene tonic wilder. There's also, a I think the beast tonic has a joke about wilder. It genes. does. Yeah. yeah. Every one of these, there's a rot. There's probably a rot. Oh, man. did Does the constellation come from the rotten berries constellation? I don't think so, but that's funny. There is one that is a rotten berry, though. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, believe me, twig, we made all the berries, but... we made all the possible gene jokes. <laughs> Draco Krakona says, "Would it be possible to get some in-run accessible weird phylum monsters without needing a badger? Looks like an oversight to me, making that one optimal. Possibly. Thanks for a cool item of the month." Is Draco Krako a master of Krapobapo? It's Draco Krakona, so I think he's Krapobapona. Okay. I think people need to just start recognizing how good it would be to just fucking ascend mist sign. And then they would have whatever the fuck they want. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is there a weird in mist sign that's readily accessible? There is. Huh. Well, okay. What is it? The whisk cloud of whiskers. Oh. Huh. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. So that seems like, although I am guessing that one turn with a badger out, because apparently it's a world in which familiars don't fucking mean anything or do anything anymore. Uh, is probably worth is probably less of a sacrifice than two Going turns in yeah. yeah well or or you know spending two turns in the logging camp or whatever sure <sighs> although you got to spend the turns in the mushroom land to get it uh, maybe you can run away for free I don't know yeah I don't either. But yeah, I mean, those aren't the only weird phylum monsters, right? Like, there's a lot of them. There are a lot that, I mean, the ones that exist don't come early in the game, so. Uh, Blitznik says, hey, I like Munchkin. It's fun with the right friends to play with. I don't hate. No, don't hate, Jick. So mean. Yeah, that's fine. A lot of people like it, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Just hate the players, not the game. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Monsieur Incroyable says... After hearing recently that only the Tutorial and Mysterious Island Dwellers know that we go through the same life over and over, I got wondering, is each adventure in their own personal Groundhog Day, where we have to save the world time and time again? If so, what the hell did we do in a past life? Thanks, Monsieur Incroyable. I'm going to say that again. Monsieur Incroyable. Monsieur Incroyable. It's not Monsieur, it's like Monsieur, though, right? Yeah. Say, mm -hmm. Yeah, I always fuck that up. Because I'm a dirty American. You might be saying my sister, my incredible sister, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Monsieur is my sister? I think so. Okay. Um, I think the character doesn't know. I think that the character does not recognize Ascensions. Because there are too many things where you're described as seeing something for the first time. And... If it was familiar to you, we would have to change all of the writing for everything in the game. And we would have to do a thousand different versions of it. <laughs> this is the third time you've seen one of these guys for the first time. Is it weird that your familiars exist? In the no, you just find a terrarium full of dudes. 
What about the zombie slayer path? Uh, I don't know, man. I didn't write that. I don't. I don't really remember if I. Are you the zombie of your previous ascension? I think you might be. Are you on your second zombie slayer run? Are you the? Are you a double zombie <laughs> of your previous previous ascension? Uh, so this item of the month says damned fish looks really cool. I'm looking forward to future runs using it plus my reanimator exclusively. Currently I'm a half pirate avatar of Sneaky Pete, which is just about the coolest thing I can think of. I have just one question. I was able to purchase and use the lab, replacing the warbear still I was using despite being in hardcore. This means for the rest of my hardcore run I can swap back and forth between the two worksheet items, while most other hardcore runs will only give you access to your current worksheet item. I know this is only the first worksheet item of the month, so it hasn't come up before, but is this an oversight or just an unavoidable consequence of this type of item of the month? Yeah, I guess we probably should have made it not usable in hardcore. Oh, huh. Um, but even in softcore, you could you could still have bought it and swapped it out. Yeah, I mean, generally we don't sweat it too much that in softcore you can donate for an item in run and save a pull. Right. I mean, like, I get that that's a weird thing, but it's just it's one of those things where it's like I am super reluctant to like, oh, I'll fix it so we make less money. Right. You know. And it comes up every once in a while, but it doesn't come up so frequently that I think it's actually that big of a concern for anyone. Eh, So, yeah, I don't know. This is a tough situation, though, because if there is a serious material advantage. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's see if anybody posts any runs because of it, you know? Yeah. Rather than, like, potentially inconveniencing people who aren't abusing it, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of a this other thing, like, oh, here's this thing you just gave us money for. Well, fuck you, you can't use it. Mm-hmm. Because of a choice you made three days ago before you knew this existed. Uh, F says, sup, bras. What phrase or word, when heard, almost always sparks a joke? For me, it's, I'm afraid not, equals, I'm afraid not. God, every, every phrase? Lately, it's anything that rhymes with Grohl uh, leads to me <laughs> saying something about Dave Grohl. Huh. Oh, I was going to post a tweet earlier about how, like, Chris and Kurt get into an argument when Dave discovers a foo he can't defeat on the next Grohling pains. Oh, but wow, then Jesus. that's not a very good joke. <laughs> and also, so that's not a very good joke. It implies that Nirvana and the Foo Fighters exist in the same time and that Kurt Cobain is still alive, none of which are reasonable premises for a television show. <laughs> like, none of which would be allowed to be true on any television show under my law, which says that television shows can only be about things that are correct. <laughs> uh, the one I always come back to is if somebody un- unintentionally says something that is a rhyme... I'll do the so says Mr. Stewart from it's from uh, Deadly Premonitions. Mm, okay. Because the Mr. Stewart is the the weird old man in the wheelchair with the gas mask and who communicates by whispering to his his wheelchair pushing aide Michael, and then Michael repeats what he says, but he always puts it in a rhyme and then says so says Mr. Stewart. So, huh. It's sort of the. Sort of the modern nerds version of, uh, uh, what's the, um, there's a similar joke when you hear something that somebody says that is a rhyme, except like it's something my dad would say. 
you're a poet and didn't know it. Mm-hmm. But your feet show but it. Feet they're long it. fellows. They're long fellows, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that is like a, th- a joke your dad would make. I am... Um, I find myself, anytime I say a sentence that has the word box in it, I will immediately repeat the sentence. Yes. You demonstrated that uh, on the way back from the restaurant. I did that on the way back from the restaurant today, yeah. Um, <laughs> because why'd you say it twice? Yep. I remember you texting me once. I just said, you got a big Amazon box. And I just replied, <laughs> things not to say to your new South American girlfriend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because I thought we were playing password. <laughs> That's not how password works. <laughs> Hot stuff. Yeah. What are your What are your go to jokes? I don't. I can't think of any. I'm sure I have a bunch, but they're not. They're not go to enough for me to be able to remember. Hmm. I'm distracted because I'm worried that you guys uh, can make out the uh, drum set that is warming up. From in the venue near next door right now. That's unavoidable. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Okay, good. But I bet I bet I'll bet the listeners can hear it. But you know what? It's just a thing we got to tolerate. If I don't say anything, you can just silence my channel, which is cool. Jehu's Dewey says, "Hi guys, the DNA splicing lab is an interesting content vector. Do you mind talking about it from a design perspective? What niche do you see it filling? It competes with the snow machine, which I thought was a nod to people that own multiple gardens. Do you have plans to throw multiple garden owners a bone of some other type, like a coccyx or an incus? Oh man, <laughs> I had a mnemonic device for remembering where the coccyx was because it's where your cock sits. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like when you're laying down. Ah, uh, dude, I don't know. It's just there. It's in the pelvis." It's a little thing in your pelvis. <laughs> okay. Your pelvis is the throne on which your cock sits. What was your mnemonic for the xiphoid process? I didn't have one. What? <laughs> That's another bone, right? Yep. The xiphoid process and the Golgi apparatus are the two bones and cell organelles that sound like bands. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were about to say that the, the Golgi apparatus was a bone, and I was like, I think you failed anatomy. <laughs> it's like a tiny cell bone. You know, uh, it's like a normal bone, except it doesn't have to be plugged into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> like a normal bone. Uh, thank you uh, for actually listening and interacting with the community, says Joe's Dewey. I don't remember if I read that part already. Yeah, we uh, we were apparently, there's apparently a Reddit thread currently about what games have the best communities. And, oh. And it was pointed out that we were like, third most votes or, or whatever at the time cool oh huh that's a little bit of a strange thing right who's gonna is, is that also not like a weird popularity slash community size contest or something yeah that's a more mm-hmm. like a like which of what game can get the most votes in this poll right <laughs> poll <laughs> right like that's that'd be it's a good question poll writers Sure. <laughs> mm. Blister guy says, please talk about complexity creep in regards to KOL. Do you think you're handling it well? What are your plans for handling it in the future? Uh, I think avatar paths have been a great step in this direction, but I'm hoping for a broader discussion on this in relation to KOL. Yeah, I think it's probably time for a sea change of some description. We could just burn everything down, start over. Okay, like with another video game? Or like just different careers <laughs> in different states? Like we just deliberate amnesia. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was more extreme than I was thinking, but cool. 
Okay. We could have an amnesia fortnight, which is where we hold our breath for two weeks <laughs> so that we lose all of yes, our memories. Yes, our brains stop working. Yeah. <laughs> um, c- complexity creep. You know, it's it's frustrating because we... I always want everything to be as simple as possible, but I want there to be as much content as possible. And it is difficult... It is difficult to produce items of the month that anyone will buy that don't add complexity Hmm. because they need to be interesting in order to sell. But the more interesting something is, the more complex it is generally, right? Like we can sometimes get away with something like, you know, Monster Manuel or whatever, where all it is is a bunch of content. And, you know, I don't know. It, it sometimes I wish that we had started out with a model where the thing that you got by donating every month was just like a zone instead of a mechanic. Hmm. You know, what if it was a zone about mechanics? Okay, like a mm. like a mic garage, the mic Mike's garage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I think we would probably end up with the same problem. Like, I feel like we add a bunch of stuff and people play with it and have fun. And like, you know, people like say that Red Zeppelin is fucking it's great. You know, it's a well done thing. But that didn't make the game more complex. Right. There, There's some there are some unique things in there. But because you don't have to do them and you don't have to interact with them in any way, it's just like, ah, eh, here's a thing that's there if I ever need it. And like, maybe you'd never do. But, you know, maybe you're in a hardcore run and you got a cool pants. And that's your best pants because you don't know where the magic pants factory from that, you know, September of 2005 item of the month lives in your hardcore run. Man, I don't know. I don't even know what it must be like to try to understand this game. (laughs) I've never tried. There's a lot. There's a lot of depth to it, right? So it's one of those things that you could spend a long time studying if you were excited by it. Uh, Childs <clears throat> says, <coughs> ah, swallowed wrong. This is, t- <coughs> this is t- terrible. It's about to be terrible. <coughs> oh, there's only one thing for it. Swallow some beer. Right. Child says, no, seriously, is the new predicate for the Spectral Pickle Factory make sure Child is in hardcore first? <laughs> the Spectral Pickle Factory has come back, like it automatically comes back on April Fool's now. Every yeah. time. You know, C.D. Moyer suggested actually like modernizing it. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then just didn't do it. April Fool's. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> good job on April Bonza Dingo Marmite Day. So simple to implement, but I've been amused all day. What would it take to convince you all to go to our formal penal colony? I mean, the fine nation of Australia. I would like to go to Australia, but I don't want to get to Australia. What if you just were put in into a coma? No, I, no not Tacoma. Australia. <laughs> Well, no, no. What if you were put in a Toyota Tacoma okay. and then shipped to Australia? Okay, like in a where? How do they ship Toyota Tacomas to Australia? Yeah, that's a they truck, probably not a ship. Go from Japan. <laughs> so okay, so we teleport you to Japan, where they then okay. put you in a Toyota Tacoma and then launch you out of a cannon towards Australia. If they could teleport me to Japan, why wouldn't they just teleport me to Australia? Because Australia is a penal colony. 
Oh, so they set up a teleportation exclusion beacon. Right. Yes. You'd think they could turn it off at this point, right? Like, it's not a penal colony anymore. <laughs> um, That's what they tell the rest of the world, but who knows? So, I, would, I wouldn't mind swimming to Australia. Uh. I just don't want to fly there, you know? <laughs> Aren't you afraid of the uh, giant Pacific... Trash island. I can't actually swim is a larger problem. Ah. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can't swim at all. I mean, I can dog paddle or whatever. I can float. We can all float down under. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. Like the problem is I don't I don't even like going to Europe unless I can go for like a month because I hate flying so much Mm. that it's like I need I need like two weeks of worthwhile shit to do and see for every 10 hours I spend on an airplane. Like, that's my calculus. I'm not willing to go somewhere for less time than two weeks per 10 hours of flight. Hmm. Um, and Australia is real fucking far away on an airplane. So here's what we do. We go to Hawaii for a month and we do the... For a month. Yeah. Um, uh, we do uh, the Mukalukahiki item of the month. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that is, but we will have a month to learn what a Mukalukahiki is. <laughs> uh, and then fly from there to, Tokyo. I don't know, the Philippines? Tokyo. What, uh, what's, what's in between Hawaii and Australia? Let's just go to Japan. But Hawaii to Japan is what? Like, that's, that's too far. What, how is that too far? It's like in the middle. It's not even a little bit. I, like, I am guessing that's where that Japan the flight from, attacked when they attacked us. I am guessing that the flight from from Hawaii to Japan is four times as long as the flight from San Francisco to Hawaii. Hmm. It might not be four times, but uh, you know what? You know what? Our listeners have nothing better to do than to listen <laughs> to me Google this. All right. Uh, so Expedia <laughs> uh, flying from San Francisco. Uh-huh. To what's the city in Hawaii? Honolulu. Oh, I guess I gotta tell it a date for my imaginary trip where I'm just trying to prove you wrong. I should have specified a direct flights only, because otherwise this is gonna give me some weird ass data. It's, t- it's suggesting that I find a car. You can drive, drive to yeah. <laughs> Huh. Okay. So there's eight hours, one stop. So, okay. So I got, I do have to search for nonstops filtering for stops. Okay. So it's five and a half hours to fly from San Francisco to Honolulu. Okay. Okay. So to fly from, ah, okay. Damn it. Why am I so bad at this? Honolulu to Tokyo is Tokyo, uh, is Tokyo in Japan? Yes. Mm -hmm. At the moment. Searching, searching, searching. Guys, this is some this is some Oscar quality audio. So when you said it was five five some Oscars? hours, did that include the time zone differences? No. Couldn't find any flights from Honolulu to Tokyo. It's eight hours and thirty minutes to fly from Honolulu to Tokyo. I don't believe you. So it's only 13 hours to fly to Japan? Yeah. Mm. Eh, I don't believe you. 
Why don't you believe? I don't believe you or the internet or anything on the internet. I'm sorry. Okay, so it's not quite twice as long. That's about the same as being five times as long. (laughs) If you look at the Pacific Ocean, it is like there are places in space where you can only see the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) QED. I really cannot argue with you there because that is so true. <laughs> like one inch below the surface of the Pacific Ocean anywhere. Um, please. <laughs> what I mean is there are places where you can see the earth and not see any land because all you are seeing is the Pacific Ocean. Like I'm saying you see the entire earth. If you have Google Earth and you spin it around, there's a there's a place where half the Earth is the Pacific Ocean. So if you flew direct from San Francisco to Honolulu, sorry, from San Francisco to, to Tokyo, it would be less than 13 hours. Would it? Probably because because uh, Honolulu is like a triangle, right? Like it's out of the way. Honolulu is a triangle? Yeah. <laughs> is this like some Colonel Madison Colonel Matterson, uh, <laughs> wisdom. Who? Colonel Matterson from uh, from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, who always talked seen. about how Mexico was the rainbow <laughs> and just a, a lot of stories about war, but not even stories about war. They were just sentences where one thing is another thing. Um, he was like sort of crazy numerology guy, except it was all about sort of, uh, you know, territories and war. Anyway, he's a pretty good character. Uh, I invented a drink once called the Colonel Matterson, which is just a gin and tonic. But while you're making it, you talk like Colonel Matterson. Um, And then I invented the Ruckley, which is just you say, fuck the wife and then drink a beer. (laughs) Baron Ultima says, the April Fool's joke was just that, a joke. The game is fun, but upside-down icons are lame. With all the great in-game content there is now, I was left wondering, what else you got? I know it's not a Crimbo slash Crimbo sized event, but if you're going to do something for the day, do something fun. Maybe an item that's only here for the day. It's like some of the Think Nerd items. Give everyone access to the item, not just the elite players. I can't tell if this is a joke or not. It's got to be a joke. <laughs> Static Man says, playing in Australia mode was a weirdly fun and unusual experience. Have to admit, I actually played with my monitor upside down for a few hours before I discovered it could be turned off in options. That seems like it would make it way harder. Playing with your monitor upside down? Yeah, because all the images are right side up, but then all the text is upside down. (laughs) Uh, How much text do you really need, though? Because at that point, you're just... Plus, you know, if, if, you, if you've gotten to the point where you just need to look at the pictures, right? Plus, it wouldn't help the the multi-image stuff like the the main map. Yeah, it's just going to be fucked up in a different or, way. Like, it's not yeah. going to make it so the things that you click. Unless, the, oh man, did we just get pranked? Did we get punked? He didn't actually play with his monitor upside down. Oh, I don't know. I don't maybe. know. Uh, yeah the the main map not looking cool was a little sad. I, I don't know what funny. that would have required to. Uh, to fix uh that would have been a lot of work to to like make it a bunch of different single images plus we'd have to account for all the weird edge cases that canon fire 40 figures out like url injecting stuff during the tutorial to like ascend without ever unlocking the planes right we don't really have to support that (laughs) 
anyway, he says, uh, thank you very much for the extra special April Fool's experience. So so it makes me wonder, is Australia Mode here to stay, or will it be back every April Fool's like the Pickle Factory, or is it just a one-time event exclusive to this year? I think that's just a one-time thing. It's a, Next year, as the Smiths teach us, that joke isn't funny anymore. Kelty the Pasta Queen says, With the crazy power creep of the past couple of years, are there any plans to revamp combat to make things more difficult for players? Low turn count two-day softcore and three-day hardcore runs are now an easily achievable goal for more and more players. Some balancing efforts in the opposite direction would be appreciated so that things aren't such a cakewalk for experienced and well-equipped players. Well... I don't know. Do you think it's a cakewalk? I think... I think we have definitely simplified things... That was my that that was part of my proposal for stuff today, making making things a little harder, making a bunch of gradations yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, it, uh, it's it's gonna get met with the resistance that La it is resistance. met with in dev, right? Like where this is a thing that's a good idea, but there's a class of people who are gonna be annoyed by it. But because it, what we're talking about is so opt-in, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, th- I think it is. I think it is the right thing to do. So yes, Kelty. Yes, we are thinking the about tasty that. Tasty way to do it. It is. It's kid tested. Mother approved. Uh, Bat Brat says, and I, honest to God, oh, oh, what? <laughs> Share. Okay. So he says, so besides Saluf Lipra, are you going to add more support for bats too? Um, I thought Saluf Lipra was just a weird typo, but it's just April Fool's backwards. But okay. it, the, the apostrophe is a comma. Uh, such as blood oranges for fruity bats or light proof bat suits for those bats who have to adventure during daytime. Shudder. <laughs> what? <laughs> Riff. <laughs> okay, Riff. You're you're a crazy guy. Do you, do you know what this guy's talking about? I have no idea. What's the what's this player's name again? Bat Brat. Bat. So He's, this is somebody who's got the, like who's got a vested interest in, in bat in bats. Is he a bat furry? Hmm. Wow. A suit for the bats that have to adventure during the daytime. <laughs> I guess that. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that just be like a sleeping bag zipped all the way up? <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to fly, though, right? You, like, oh. you need like a wingsuit. Yeah, to go I mean, over your already. I could imagine wings. a little thing where you got to where you just covered your eyes so it was dark, and you just used your echolocation or something. But yeah, like I don't think like <laughs> bats. Bats don't like catch on fire if they go out during the day, right? <laughs> like they just not to my knowledge, but who knows? Do you think do you think there are flying squirrel furries who use the wingsuits? No. Like so wingsuits don't don't wingsuits have like an 85% fatality rate among people who use them? I don't know. I hadn't heard that. Hot stuff. But I hadn't heard much of anything about wingsuits. You know, you know this statistic. Well, so, I mean, all of my statistics are made up pretty much on the spot. Uh, I have heard that, like, 50% of all motorcycle riders will, at some point, 
<laughs> will at some point die in a motorcycle accident or no other... will will at some point have a serious motorcycle accident yeah. and i i think it is similarly true that 50% of all wingsuit enthusiasts will die at the hands of their wingsuit but i don't know if that's at the wings true. of their hand suit i do i do oh. know that like nurses and doctors and people who work in in emergency rooms t- typically refer to motorcycles as donor cycles uh. I remember somebody telling my dad years and years ago that about the only difference that a motorcycle helmet makes is whether you have an open or closed casket funeral. Um, Everybody we know that has a motorcycle has been in nine motorcycle accidents Hmm. or one or some number between zero and nine. (laughs) An old college buddy of my dad's that we see around Christmas every year has like always been a big motorcycle guy and still rides his motorcycle around. And as far as I know, he's never been in any particular accident. Well, that proves it. Yeah. I mean, he's the exception that uh, proves the rule. Uh-huh. Or, or he's the 50%. Uh, true. I am the 50%. He's, not, he's only one guy, though. No, but yeah, but he's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of why. He, he's like one of those. He's one of the twins from the Guinness Book of World Records. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Do you think those guys both died at the exact same time? Oh, I don't know. I hope so. Oh, that sounded mean. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so take two guys, put them on motorcycles pointed in the opposite direction from each other, facing each other, get or a away from double-ended each other? noose, and put it around <laughs> both of their necks. Okay. What percentage of those guys dies in a motorcycle accident? Huh. Well, that's sort of like how, like, like you can't you can't pull both legs of a wishbone so that both of them break, right? Yeah, I mean that's the, so so like let's say that you had to hang two guys at once, so you just you just tied a noose loop on both ends of a rope, uh-huh. uh, tied it to you know tied one end to each of them, and then you like throw them over a clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the fatter one would live. Really? Sure. Why is that? Because he he would he would outweigh the thinner guy, and he'd just drop down to the ground, so he would be supported, and the thinner guy would be hung. Yeah, but it like so okay. So imagine so take the fat guy, tie his feet to the rafters of a barn. Okay. Tie tie the same double noose to his neck and a skinny guy's noose, and then uh, open the trapdoor under the skinny guy. You don't think they both die? I'm having trouble visualizing this. <laughs> so fat guy is stationary and upside okay. down. Okay. So so the the noose, it like the fat guy's neck is the hangman's tree. Oh, okay, so there's like, no there's no pulley. So in this you're situation. using no, there's it's no just, pulley. Okay. You're just using a fat guy as a gallows. Yes. Okay. That in that case, both of them die. Okay. So then I think that's exactly the same as if you throw them over a clothesline. <laughs> I think they both die because if the fall of a skinny guy is enough to break a fat guy's neck. Um, that same force is being applied. Okay, I think it depends on how fat, how fat, and how skinny they are. Yeah, maybe somebody is so skinny that even their own body weight is not enough to kill them. They just don't even notice that there's a noose. Plus, it needs to be a really strong clothesline that you're throwing them over. Are you trying to dry them out? Yeah. I'm trying to make mummies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how you get mummies, huh? <laughs> yep. 
I just figured you'd tie two guys together with a double-ended noose and throw them over a clothesline. (laughs) That's how the Egyptians did it. (laughs) I didn't know the Egyptians invented clotheslines. Why do you think they built those pyramids? It was so that they would have some high point in order to fix the clothesline. Oh, but then if it's a, if it's a pyramid, the fat guy's just going to roll down the side. Well, no, you it's like a tight rope between the... It's like a zip line. Between the pyramids. Oh, okay. That, didn't you see Man on Wire? <laughs> that was... They CG'd... The, I mean, the Twin Towers are gone, right? They just CG'd them in over the pyramids because they couldn't get the rights. <laughs> so they just pretended that that took place in New York. <laughs> Lady Donut Pants writes... Hey guys, Lady Donut Pants here. Sorry if somebody asked this already, but where did you guys get the idea to turn the kingdom upside down for April Fools? Also, was it a total pain in the ass? I think it was not a pain in the ass at all. It was just some weird CSS thing that only works in modern browsers. Hmm. Um, and whose idea? I don't remember. It was C.D. Moyer's, I think. It came out of something which we didn't end up using. It was like a... Okay, so I I had suggested that we do some sort of filter on all the images so that it looked like the K- like KOLs in 3D. Oh, spoilers. Oh, right. Now we can't ever do that. I mean, sure eh, we can. They won't remember next year. Yeah. And And then when that was proven to be impractical and or... A pain in the ass. Uh, I think C.D. Moore was like, why don't we just flip everything upside down? Yeah, I don't know if we can like color things mm. in CSS. But... Maybe next year we can turn everything inside out. Okay. Let's just put KOL on one side of a um, hypercube. Mm. Nesman says, I'm confused. Is there a separate person named Scully or do you just refer to Mr. Skullhead as Scully sometimes? Uh, both. Also, Australia mode is pretty cool. It's weird that we have two people named Scully now, Scully and Mr. Skullhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tania Australis says, We've had Path of Boris, Jarlsberg, and now Sneaky Pete. Will there be a Path of the Naughty Sorceress? Or Path of Jick? Another path? Uh, what would Path of Jick be? I, man, I don't know. Pa- Boris, Jarlsberg, and Sneaky Pete are kind of like different elements of me. There's the big beefy barbarian me, and the mm-hmm. nerd me, and the cool guy me uh, huh. all of them except your Alsberger imaginary <laughs> but still no I, man you, you'd have a sword uh, everything in the game would be skeletons like it would just be a thousand skeletons mm. I think that my description that I wrote for the human undead hybrid effect is my favorite thing that I've ever written How'd it go? For KOL. Let me read it. Human, where is it? Human undead hybrid. Yeah. You're an abomination, a human being, but with the bones of a skeleton. (laughs) That is good. Short and sweet. Just like I like it. Our campgrounds have grown to include a tool shed. Still any chance of getting a pony with barn or pasture for the campground? You know... (sighs) The reason that I am afraid to put a horse into KOL is because I just know that someone would fuck it. (laughs) It's not that they would want, like, all sorts of, like, accoutrement and 
No, it's want, just if like if you put a horse in the game, somebody is going to write a Grease Monkey script to put in a button for you to fuck that horse. It's just unavoidable. Huh. And so it's better to just protect them that you've seen happen. from themselves. <laughs> time and time again, Riff. Time and time again. Yeah. No, just seriously. Just, just it, in fact, there's a subdomain. There's horsefucker.greasemonkey.net where <laughs> they just index all of the different Grease Monkey scripts that give you buttons to fuck horses oh. on, uh, I think it's just called Horse Fuck Button. Anywhere on the internet that there is a horse, somebody is clicking a button to pretend to fuck that horse. I had no idea. <laughs> Chef Hemlock says, Hod to you podcast. Uh, I, don't, I think even we don't know. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Hmm. Lim77 says, can we get our catchphrase in a snazzy color when we use it in chat? I mean, cool catchphrases like Dino Bowie in particular, not lame ones like all the others. Ah, I don't know that that function can actually work backwards. It could. I mean, I'm sure we could write a thing that would recognize whether a thing was your catchphrase or not pretty easily. But Mm. no, (laughs) no is the answer. Uh, Snow Bunny says, question, could you give the specifics on what better sauce spheres in the legendary regalia of the Sauce Maestro set? I'm, I think at this point that it does nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> what that means is, um, nothing. But, so, hmm. They're better than the worst ones that you might otherwise have gotten if you were wearing. Rubber Shoes says, will you marry me? Riff, will you marry rubber shoes? Uh, not not without, like, dinner first. Okay. Rubber shoes, you need to buy Riff dinner, and then he will marry you. Hexatomb says, how come the clockwork maid doesn't clean up toilet paper on roll, or at least just leave you a message about it, of roll over? Huh. Uh, toilet paper on roll. Yeah, you don't need to clean it up if it's still on the roll. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Why isn't the maid cleaning up the toilet paper? She cleans your campsite, not your house. Sometimes you have a tent there. <clears throat> that's part of your campsite. Yeah, but the inside of your tent isn't. Because <laughs> that's where the toilet paper goes. Scave <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> says, well, that's a, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, here's a way you can make houses persist through ascension. You can't take the key to your dwelling with you when you ascend, and Hank refuses to give keys to Ronins. So during Ronin or Hardcore, you have to sleep in a tent or other temporary dwelling on your lawn. Stupid Hank. The way that... I, like, I'm not talking about making houses in the campsite persist across ascension. I'm saying not be destroyed by ascension, yeah. right? So all it would have to do would be to take all of the items in your campsite slots and put them back in Hank's when you ascend. Um, Wax says, hey, this gene tonic thing is pretty cool. I like that it does a bunch of stuff that is cool. Thanks for the cool thing. You're welcome. See, that's exactly the kind of response that I want when we make an item of the month is, hey, this is cool. It does cool things. Cool thanks. Cool. Cool tapes. Cool tapes. What if in order to get a particular house, you had to build every previous stage of house? Uh, 
foundation. And... No, like you had to you had to start with a newbie sport tent, and then you had oh, to okay. build a bar skin tent, and then you had to build a. The issue. Where does that put cottage. weird ones like the crimbo one or the? Well, one? there isn't a crimbo house. The the issue isn't is there? that there there's a, there's a couple of crimbo houses, I think. Yeah. No, there aren't. Pretty sure. There's items. There's crimbo items that you put in there. There's no. I guess is there like a gingerbread house? Yeah, I think there's like <laughs> no. or well, something. Fine, yeah. whatever. There, there are houses that are not just in a line in terms of power, right? Like, and we want to be able to like, especially if houses get a lot more sort of mechanical personality where it's like, this house has one ceiling slot and three poster slots and two servant slots or whatever. We wouldn't want that to just be a linear progression. Like we would want that to be like a series of not even a series. We don't want it to be a linear progression. We want it to be a series of things. <laughs> we want it to be a parallel of things. We want it to be like a cloud, like mm. a house cloud. Mm. Why, why do you uh, why do you say that, though? Hot stuff. Oh, I was mostly joking, but uh, I was trying to think of ways to make it even more obnoxious, basically. Oh, Man, I do like that idea. Of, having having the houses. Yeah, the house spots. the houses actually having a sort of a meaningful personality and more stuff that you can put in them without just feeling like you were throwing it away. Like I I understand why I like that house items go away because there are so few things in this game that are meaningfully consumable, right. you know, but if something is hard to get and it goes away on Ascension, what that means is that people are just never going to use it. Mm -hmm. Like it just turns this, what could be an entire interesting category of items into like, it just puts it in the category of the hoarded consumable. So I've been reading uh, the core rule book for the Numenera Oh, yeah. role-playing game that Monty Cook published while they're working on the video game. And <clears throat> the way that they encourage people to use potions is that potions are machines. Like, potions are radioactive, effectively. Like, they're not explicitly radioactive, but each character has, as one of his attributes, the number of potions that he is allowed to own. Huh. Okay. And that number is very small. Like that number is like three or five maybe. So you have to use them. Like you can't hoard them because they, the more of them you get because they're like old weird machines that like tap into the weird like Wi-Fi internet that's still there or tap into the power sources deep beneath the earth that are still producing power to the machines that know how to access them or whatever. Like the more of them you have becomes exponentially more likely that they will interfere with each other and fuck something up. Right. Mm. And so it's just like a limit on the number of potions that you can carry. That's pretty cool to try to make it. So just do not think of these things as precious. Think of them as fun things to play with. And I think that that's kind of interesting. That's sort of like what, uh, uh, City of Heroes did, although City of Heroes potions weren't very interesting. They, yeah, they were super boring. Every every they eventually like moved to a system where there's all these drops that are kind of things that are in your inventory or whatever, and you could craft with it. But that was crazy and confusing after that. But like, I appreciated this the simplicity of the City of Heroes system, but man, was it boring. Yeah, like. Oh, I wonder what's in this chest. No, I don't. It's one of eight fucking things, and I already have a bunch of each of them. Like, 
Hmm. It was, I mean, you know, it, it was in support of like a kind of a cool modular skill system, but like the fact that these skills are cool and modular doesn't really help when picking a character class is like picking which one of these eight, you know, which eight skills you're going to be using for the entire time that you're playing this game. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that there are hundreds of other skills is no, is no balm. You know, I, a lot of people like City of Heroes. I like City of Heroes more than any other MMO felt to me like a series of things where the only difference between one thing and another thing was just that the numbers were bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked the character creation creator, like visual creator. And I liked like jumping really high yep. to get across town. Yep. It, those are, those that, are the strengths it. of city of heroes. Like yep. jumping mm. super jump in a city is awesome. Like sort of, systemically like parkouring up buildings mm-hmm. because they designed buildings to support the movement verbs that they afforded you. Hmm. Uh, and you know, the enemies were neat, but it was like, you'd get these missions and then you just go into like a randomly generated building that was exactly the same as every other randomly generated building with exactly the same four enemies in it. And yeah. they weren't going to drop anything cause there's nothing to drop. Except for those not potions that yeah. you can carry six of Four or, or something. and they yeah, do like nothing little, interesting. Little boosts. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Zombie Feynman. Feynman. Is this what are you? You made fun of me for not saying this correctly, right? I did. Zombie it's Fein Feynman. Feynman. Yeah. Okay. Zombie Richard Dawkins writes. Sorry if this is too many. If you need to save time, feel free to omit question two. No way, buddy. Uh, one, I want to read a Neil Gaiman novel, a not Sandman. Right now, I'm just intending to read one in order to have read something he's written. I seem to recall that at least some of you are fans. Any solid recommendations? American Gods. Like, American Gods is so much better than anything else Neil Gaiman has ever done. You like it better, that that much better than Neverwhere? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did not like Neverwhere at all. Really? What about Good Omens? I really enjoyed that. Good Omens Omens I actively disliked. Yeah, I I don't understand why not. Good Omens felt to me like somebody doing a like a worse writer doing a hollow impression of Douglas Adams. Wow. Yeah. It just really, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't like, I know that Neil Gaiman is a smart guy and he's a good Terry writer. Pratchett. I've never read any they, like good omens is the only Terry Pratchett that I've ever read. And on the lack of strength of that, I've hmm. always been resistant to other people who've said I should read Terry Pratchett. Anyway, American gods, like American gods is just fucking great. Yeah, American gods is super good. You you can't you can't go wrong with that one. But I also recommend Neverwhere. Yeah, I don't know. Neverwhere, like I really liked the premise of it, but it just kind of like I read it and I was like, eh, okay, that was a thing. Hmm. Oh man, I read this book that I did not realize was by this guy that I already liked, uh, but I kind of liked the book. Uh, it's called Off to Be the Wizard by Scott Meyer, who is the guy who does that Basic Instructions comic. Oh, huh. That's like just this sort of I really like onion or red meat looking stencils yeah. of of photographs. Uh, it's it's not like a great book, but it was a it was a time waster. Like it is about a kid who finds this file on a server somewhere while he's poking around on the internet that contains like all of the definitions of every object and person in the world and can Mm. alter them in real time. (laughs) Uh, So he starts messing with it and ends up like fleeing to medieval England where he lives as a wizard (laughs) because he just has his, his iPhone that he can use to access the file and change everything about everything. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a neat story. Um, and apparently there's a sequel to it, which 
getting also. But anyway, I read the whole book, and then at the end, it was like about the author. Oh, he also does this comic called Basic Instruction. Oh, okay. So this is like just totally a guy that I had already heard of. Hmm. There's nothing new under the sun, guys. Number two, are you aware of the great discussion that's been taking place lately on the KOL subreddit? Uh, there's been an interesting regular thread where people discuss different skills, for instance. The place could benefit from some more participants, though. Maybe mentioning it on the air will help? Yeah, sure. There you, you should go. do that. You should mention it on the air at some point. Reddit.com slash r slash KOL. I should um, maybe put a... I could put that in the message of the day rotation. Hmm. Uh, three, Sneaky Pete is fucking awesome. You guys rock. I hope you sold 11 million cans of V11 and are now broadcasting directly from your solid golden egg venture cabinet yacht. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wait, so the yacht is made out of egg venture cabinets? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and gold. You could just, you're always playing egg venture on multi. Oh, man. You got two guns and you're playing egg venture on two different egg venture cabinets at the same time. Whoa. It's like fucking beast mode. Whoa. It's good. Huh. Uh, Green in 72 says, Dear Jake, the sword and martini guy on the main page is in need of an update. Or not. It's your art after all. I can never change that. Uh, King Bobson says, I thought you said you weren't planning on making a workshop item of the month really recently. What changed? Well, we weren't planning on it, but then somebody proposed one that I liked, and so we did it. Now, there's no way you intended to do this, but this latest item of the month has made the Astral Badger optimal again. An eight-year-old 50 million meat item of the month that lets you get guaranteed weird phylum monsters, which are one of the best for this item of the month. With this in mind, how would you feel about adding some weird monsters into the game, say, in a room of the new manor? This is a pretty blatant request, but I doubt you made the Badger optimal on purpose. I mean, we made the more obscure phyla more appealing in terms of the things that they gave because like that's how video games work mm -hmm. right like you can't have a thing where the easiest thing to get is also the best thing because that's not good as a resource management thing it is it is unfortunate that this thing is so much more valuable for people with the badger In yeah. hardcore, right? Like it's it's hardcore, right? Because you can in softcore, in softcore you could just pull a mushroom, which you could buy from somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. I bet I bet something will happen. Uh, Golgothica says it's April. Slow clap. Felgod says on the KOL show, Jick mentioned how wizards had to run around to defend themselves, uh, which got me thinking of defense-oriented look at the mage warrior rogue spectrum. Rogues would obviously have defense in movement, warriors in armor, but wizards seem like they'd have defense in depth, steadily killing things before they reach the juicy center. Thoughts? Got any other defense mechanics ideas? I mean, so like the original Diablo wizard, his defense was just a mana shield, right? Like, hmm. that was it. You just hmm. always were running mana shield. A-B-R-M-S. A always, B, B, R running, M, mana, S, shield. Uh, I think, so like there's the old sort of D&D &D model where the fighters and the archers stand in the back and fire over the heads of the fighters, which makes, I mean, the idea I guess is that, oh, well, if you're in like, say, oh, I don't know, a dungeon where you're probably going to be in a narrow fucking hallway 99% of the time, then, you know, most of the classes that we designed are useless. But, but hey, you know, <laughs> let's just say you fire over their heads because that, like, 
these these rules are for a wide open battlefield, and now we've just decided <laughs> that you're in a you're in a tube. There was always, although I don't know, it might have been a house rule that that I don't know, but the there were always stiff penalties for firing arrows into melee, though, right? Oh, I don't know. They they do a pretty good job. I mean, granted, they, they didn't have more open space, but in the Lord of the Rings movies, like Legolas is kind of a yeah. archer badass. Sure. I You know, I think that what I like as defensive capabilities for a wizard are like roots, you know, mm-hmm. like where you render the monster incapable of, I mean, entangling noodles, right? Like is, is basically yeah. that. Like I, I always intended for postamancers to be the more like disable the enemy and pick them off by whatever means mm-hmm. and, and for saucers like to be field. like sort of risky f- force field blood mages mm-hmm. um, where you can take damage because you're getting a bunch of healing. Um, I don't know that it actually plays out that way in a world with monster level because it's like, well, you're either not getting hit or you're dead, <laughs> um, which sucks. You know, the fact that we just like <clears throat> fundamentally altered combat from the player side by just making missing not a thing anymore leads me to believe that we could totally just fix combat <laughs> if we wanted to. Make it more compelling or interesting or something? Just make it less... Yeah, less like of a thing where like Moxie is king and trivializes everything, right? You know, just I don't know. Design a combat system for KOL thematically and then see like, all right, well, what can we learn from this thing that we just made and how can we apply these things to the existing system without ruining everything? I mean, I think about combat systems for turn-based RPGs like pretty much all the time. I'm pretty much never not thinking about that. <laughs> um, what other ways? What other ways do wizards have of defending themselves? Like teleport out of the way. Yeah, blink. Um, what's the um, What's the thing that displacer beasts have? Like displacement. Yeah. Visual tentacles. Visual. Well, neck tentacles. Yeah. Uh, but that that sort of visual. I'm not where. I seem to be. I am. Um, I, when I when I adopted a cat from a shelter in like 1995, they said you have three weeks to get her altered, and I said, "Can I get like tentacles coming out of her neck?" <laughs> but what they meant was uh, fixed. Uh, mirror images. Yeah. Okay. Simulacra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Il- illusion as defense is, but I mean that that ends up being. Like soak or avoid are sort of the two ways mm-hmm. at a base level of dealing with damage, right? Like you right. either don't get hit or you get hit and it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so- interesting, potentially. Like what if there are zones or quests in KOL where you start fighting a monster, but it turns out that it's actually a wizard in disguise. And so you don't know at first, whether you're fighting the monster that you want, because let's say the wizard is where you, how you progress the quest. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's that we kind of do that a little bit with the uh, gremlins, but that would, that's a, that's a kind of way of having there be a defense mechanism that. Oh, for an NPC wizard. Yeah. For an NPC yeah. wizard. I mean, I just like, 
I, I was like essentially talking about how I don't really super enjoy playing a wizard in like a ARPG because there's a lot of just like running away mm-hmm. because you can't sustain any damage and I'd rather just kill stuff with a sword. Right. Um, what I want is basically my Elder Scrolls Online character, which I will talk about on the other side of the record. But I like a guy with a sword and shield who can also cast a couple spells like mm-hmm. that is that is what I want to be in every video game is like the swordsman with a handful of like basically the swordsman who can make his sword into a fire sword at will is the guy that I want. That's sort of how I'm going with uh, Dark Souls 2, except I prefer a rogue that can cast some spells. Mm. Not supposed to be here says, oh, and please do a spooky name for me. I'd love that. Hmm. Let's what was the see. Name? Not supposed to be here. Not supposed to be alive. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Not supposed to be Richard Gear. <laughs> okay. Did, are you saying that because it rhymes with here? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, someone suggested a lion eyes drop on the last show. Supposing I heard right, even if the song is apparently called Lion, L-Y-I-N apostrophe <laughs> eyes. You seem to like the idea, but unsure what the item could do. Isn't it obvious that it would be a potion that gives you the lionized effect, which could just be a stat buff or something? Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Not so ghost to be here. Oh, oh good. Uh. Nazi ghost to be here. <laughs> Hmm, Nazis posted here. <laughs> that's scary. You wouldn't want to go somewhere where there were Nazis posted. Yeah, that's true. Does that explain Godwin's law? Yeah, yeah. Whenever Nazis post somewhere, you don't want to go <laughs> yeah. there anymore. Hey, guys. You want to flip the record over? Sure. Sure. All right, guys. At the sound of the tone, please, uh, uh, listeners, guy, guys are, are, are hot stuff and riff. Listeners, at the sound of the tone, please uh, flip over the record and listen to the next episode of Video Games Hot Dog. This is like uh, you watching Buffy and Angel by threading all of the episodes together into chronological order. Yeah. Somebody yeah, who's going through the archive has to insert the video games hot dogs when they were recorded, figuring out when the tacos were recorded months before they get edited and posted. Oh, Man. wow. That is a yep. brutal challenge. Yeah. And then finding our guest appearances on other podcasts oh. and threading those in at the right moment, too. And then Jeez. going into the NSA database and listening to all our phone calls. <laughs> I figure they're just doing that anyway. Like that that's the thing you got to do in real time because you lose it. You can't go and like listen to somebody's archived phone calls, especially somebody like me who spends like 20 hours a day on the phone. You'd run out of you'd run out of time. <laughs> just listen to it to X. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. The only thing that I ever listen to at 2x speed is us. Mm. And we sound terrible at 1x speed. Like I'm going to fucking strangle you guys any minute now because you're talking <laughs> so slowly. All right. Well, since nobody's hearing this because they've already turned the record over, I guess all I can say is boodly doodly scoobly boopies. What wobbly wobbly bomb. Have a great weebly doobly peoples.